The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams, along with Sam Brewski, and I think I do believe. Yep, this is Hoop Ball Grizz. Confirmed, one hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent. Coming back with the next draft special episode. We are breaking down some of the guys that may or may not fall to the Grizzlies at 40, pending any type of trade. That's the only pick that the Grizzlies have this year. Only way. So uh, we will start off, before we even jump into any players, I would just like to say that our bracket got busted a little bit. I almost cried. But then again, I'm not that upset. But I, then again, it's it's upsetting. I had the Bucks going down to the Celtics in yep. the finals, in the yep. Eastern Conference finals anyway. So, Same. you know, going down to the Heat, meh, you're good. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I ain't going to hate on that. Yeah. That's a that's a solid, solid team there. So, so Sam, what, like, there was a lot of talk. And I know uh, Kendrick Perkins, he was, like, hot and heavy giving Budenholzer the, the heat. He was like, <laughs> you know – you can say whatever you want to say about Giannis and what he done and, and Chris Middleton and the supporting cast and what they done, but what about Budenholzer? And then he, he started talking about it, like backing up his point, kind of see where he's coming from because he got out coached by Nick Nurse last year. Yeah. Nick Nurse made adjustments and led to the Raptors coming back in that series and winning it. And then Eric Spolstra made adjustments, and the Heat just dominated this series. I, I don't disagree with him in the fact that Boonholzer did get out coached, but if you had to point to something in that series, what would you say was the big difference maker in that Heat Buck series? Mm. I mean, obviously, you didn't have Giannis in Game 5, well, that, that, ankle injury, but, I mean, they were they were beat. Before, the, that's before what, the that, that's what I was going to reference there, but they were beat before then. I mean, I I just they just had they just had he'd have have a really really good team. They are a deep deep team. They are not not just you know one or two stars. They are a deep deep team. Sure. I yeah. mean, yeah, you got you got Jimmy Butler kind yeah. of like heads it up, right? You know, like he's your he's your star, and then you just have a bunch of good players around him. Yeah. You know, you, well, you've got Bam who had a breakout year this year. Sure. Yep. I mean, you've got Dragic, who's, I mean, he's always good. Yeah, he's he's, he's, always he's been good. a. Um, I would say he's never been a star, but I would say above average role yes. player. At at a minimum, above average role player, Tyler Hero, a rookie yeah, that's, that, that's been playing well. Yep. Kendrick Nunn didn't see a whole lot of play early. He's in the rotation now. I think it was – was he out for a little bit with the he, COVID he stuff? He was, yeah. Okay. I don't know if it was because of COVID or whatnot. Well, I but think, it was you know, like, like he that. had stuff going on and yeah. then he had to go through the protocols yeah. before he got back into the bubble. But, you know, it, depth is a big thing. You know, mm-hmm. they, they traded. They got Jay Crowder, Iguodala, as much as I dislike Iguodala. Oh, Iggy. He is a smart player. He is a guy that can help you win. Jimmy Butler is a proven winner. Yeah. That's what he does. No he will work and fight and chew, beg, steal, borrow, and kill to win. And so, you know, when, when your leader does that and then you get guys behind him, you, you get a guy like Iguodala and Jay Crowder in there with Jimmy Butler that tend to play with the same type of mentality that Jimmy Butler plays with. 
leads to good things. That's a, you know, it's a bright future for Miami because they got a lot of young guys. Duncan Robinson shooting the freaking lights out down there. They, they have a lot of young players in this group that are not just uh, not just filling the floor. They're contributing big. So I don't know that it was that much of a surprise. I think at one point Sam, Sam and I were talking, and he said that he considered taking the heat over the Bucks. Yeah, I did. And then didn't didn't pull the trigger, and that's you know I mean obviously hindsight we can see that the the Heat beat them so we're like oh yeah but you know th- this was before that season I think probably like around the second maybe the second game of the series Sam Sam was mm-hmm. talking about you know I almost took the Heat over the Bucks here so it, it's it's tough to watch when you got a guy like Giannis who is gonna be back to back MVP. And there, there's, you know, Kuzma tweeted out saying, you know, media, if you messed up this MVP like you did the defensive player of the year, we're going to have problems for real. Whatever, man. The vote's already in. The vote was in before the playoffs. The regular season MVP is never affected by the playoffs. Never. The vote is always in before then. So, you know, of course you see Giannis struggling and you see LeBron doing what he's doing. I will say this. I think MVP is a very loose term, and I don't – the most valuable player in basketball does not always win MVP. I'll just put it like that. I'll leave it there, and then we'll move on. But, you know, it's – I'm not – you know, Giannis obviously had a monster season, statistically one of the best in the – I think it is the best statistics-wise – for uh, a player in the history of the game as far as like the um you know the, the advanced statistics. So Giannis is definitely deserving of the MVP but in my opinion he's not the most valuable player. You look at LeBron and where he's been and then what happens to those teams after he leaves you know, it's uh, the Cavaliers. Hmm. Good example. You know, in the finals, you know, Eastern Conference finals, get beat by the Celtics, he leaves, goes to Miami. Cavaliers are a lottery team every year that he's gone. Goes back, competing, win a championship, he leaves, lottery team again. So, to me... I just well, I'm not gonna spend a ton of time on that. I, I just don't I think that MVP is a loose term and like I said, LeBron should have more MVPs than what he has because he has been the most valuable player multiple times in his career and did not win it. There were times when Shaq was the most valuable player when he was playing and he didn't win it. There's been plenty of case there there's tons of examples that you can go back and you can look over the history of the league of players that were the most valuable player to their team that they didn't win the the MVP because of this or that or whatever. I really think that they should look into renaming that award because most valuable player is, is not it because that's not, that's not what's going down. That, that the most valuable player does not always win. If that was the case, LeBron would have, at least three more than what he's got right now, at least at a minimum. And you could argue for more than that. So let's jump into the draft. 
it did get pushed back. So the last I saw, there was a, a press release they were talking about moving it back. It was October 18th was the scheduled date. And the NBA and the Players Association have been working to come up with a date right now. The last date that I saw was November 18th. So they pushed it back for a full month. And that is not completely set in stone. If it is at this point, I just, I've missed it. I've been looking and reading and trying to, to stay on top of that. But the last bit of information that I got, November 18th is looking like the draft date. So free agency gets pushed back. Probably the season gets pushed back a little bit further too. So on so far, they, they want, they want fans in the stadium and there are football teams like Kansas City and Houston are playing tonight in Kansas City, and the Chiefs have fans in the stadium. They've They're got, limiting. It's like a quarter of what can fit. Though, yeah, 17,000 so yeah. is the, the limit, and they're having very strictly enforced mask rules. If you're caught without your mask, you get escorted out of the stadium yeah. immediately. And they have, like, part. you have to park in certain places. Mm-hmm. You can't drive around. There was a lot, a lot of rules with that. You're going to have to have, you have, to have mean, something in place. There's got to be something. So the NBA, you know, um, Adam Silver's made it clear they want they want fans at the games. They they do so they're doing what they can do to make that happen. But yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's different between baseball and football and basketball. There are some football teams that play in domes, but a lot of them play outside, and it's different. You know, like when when you are in an Emmy, when you're like, say you're at the FedEx Forum watching a game, y'all breathing that same air. Like it's not getting, you know, you, you can have the best ventilation system in the world, but it's still indoors. Yeah. And so it's just higher risk, and there's a lot to iron out there. I'm not going to keep beating on this, man. We've been talking about this uh, COVID virus for entirely too long. I'm ready to get past it. Let's jump into the draft stuff. Let's do it. And one more time before I start, I, I keep pushing Oh, my goodness. Look, Look your life's bad as the NBA. It's the NBA of podcast <laughs> right here. I'm going to talk about one of our partners at HoopBall, MyBookie.ag. MyBookie has more lines and better odds than any other sports book online right now. You go over there. Check them out. It doesn't matter what you want to bet on. I'm going to guarantee you that MyBookie is going to have it available for you. MyBookie.ag is the site. You can use our promo code right now, HoopBall, for a 100% deposit match. The NFL games start tonight. It's Thursday night right now when we're recording. I believe that they've already kicked off at this point. I think so. So, you know, you may have missed out on that, but football season's here. Baseball's going all of sports is back up and running. There's plenty of things to bet on. Go check them out, mybookie.ag. It's simple, guys. You bet, you win, and they pay you, and you get free money. Go and use our promo code at hoopball at mybookie.ag for a 100% initial deposit match and get some money. Moolah. Do it, mybookie.ag, promo code hoopball. Hoopball, do it. Be like Nike and just do it. Oh, he snuck it in for the first time Uh, in a while. Sam Sam was on a roll sneaking that in like every show. Caught him off guard. He did. I wasn't ready for that one. (laughs) So our first draft prospect out of Louisville, Jordan Wara. He is a six-foot-seven forward com. 
Like he can play three, four, two, three, four, kind of depending on where he falls. Um, six foot seven, six foot ten wingspan. Wow. He's out of Louisville. He was recruited out of high school as a power forward, but because of his size and his build, he was forced to kind of transition into the two three while playing at Louisville. And uh, Sam's got some stats. I'm gonna let Sam roll with the stats, I and do. then we'll talk a little bit more about it. This him. is this is the 2019-20 stats right here. These okay. look pretty. Do good. you have career stats? Oh yeah, I've got the whole career stats. Okay, here. if you sweet. want those, yeah, yeah, I got we, that. we can go. Yeah, you can do uh, do nineteen twenty, and then you know we'll jump into the rest. of it. we'll see. Okay, so you just want the whole career stats for him, or uh, just... do nineteen twenty okay, to start off? Okay, then? all right. He played in thirty-one games. He started thirty of them. Played 33 minutes. He shot 44% from the floor and 40% from three-point. We like that. High volume. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. And then his 81% free throws, we like seeing that too. 7.7 in rebounds, 1.3 in assists. We're going to round this up. One in steals. And then .3 in blocks and 18 points. Okay. So he can score the ball. He shoots the ball pretty well. The 40% from three – I always talk about the volume mm-hmm. because we talked about Tyler Bay from Colorado a couple, I mean, last show or two shows ago, and Tyler had 41% on um, on the year for th- from three. So he shot, but it was very, very low volume. And if you're not shooting the ball that much. Does it really matter? I, I just can't. I'm not going to buy into that. But Jordan Wara, he shot you know, like over his career at Louisville, he shot a ton of threes and he's, you know, he was 40%. That was just a 19, 20. Mm-hmm. What's his career numbers from three? His career is 39, four. There, so almost it's, 40%. It's, almost it's right at 40%. Yeah. And he's got limitless range, man. He, that you know, if you go and you look up videos, look up highlights and, and watch stuff from Jordan Wara he can shoot it from – there's plenty of logo-esque type threes that you see him shooting, and it's not crazy, out of control. Like, he's spotting up, calling for the ball, he gets it, and he's just letting it fly, and he's knocking them down. I couldn't find – I was trying to find the stats on what he shot on threes that were extended, like the deep range. I couldn't find that. I don't know. You know, NBA, you can find that. You can get in and hunt that down for guys like – Lillard and Curry and whoever you want, but you, you know you can find the the depth um, percentages. I couldn't find it with him. So th- this was a number as I was digging into Jordan Wara. Um, this is what stuck out to me on catch and shoot shots. This is field goal attempts, twos and threes combined. He shot sixty seven percent in catch and shoot situations. Sixty seven percent. So that's you know he's making. You know, two out of three, four out of six, however you want to break that down. You know, you can step it up from there. But that's a pretty high percentage on catch and shoot. So he's got the range. He can catch and shoot. That's an excellent fit with Ja Morant. We've talked about it. You need somebody that can play defense, that can kind of create their own shot, maybe be another playmaker, but they've got to be able to catch and shoot because with the way Ja drives to the basket, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for them to be parked in the corner or at the elbow, catch-and-shoot shot. Jordan Wara, he uh, he was 22nd in the nation, and 22nd seems like a high number, but you consider the amount of colleges in Division One basketball, 22 out of all of those teams, that is um, 
it's pretty impressive. You know, he's at 22 overall. He's got a very quick release. He, you know, catch and shoot guy. So if they're closing on him fast, he's not going to, he doesn't load up. There's not a lot of wasted motion in this shot. He's catching. He's a hop shooter, so not a really high elevation on his jump shot, but just a hop shooter, quick release. So he's going to get it out of there quick. I think that's going to transition very well to the NBA. Um, I think he's a great fit for the Grizzlies. We talked about uh, Cassius Stanley, Elijah Hughes, and Jordan Wara. Those would be three of my top five guys for the Grizzlies. And I got good news the other day that I was not aware of. Isaiah Joe is a guy that I was pretty big on. He's out of Arkansas. We actually are not talking about him tonight, but we will bring him to you in the next podcast. Isaiah Joe at one point pulled his name out of the draft, decided to go back to school. Then with all of this going on with the virus and changes and schools canceling fall sports and all of that, he decided to go ahead and declare for the draft. So he is one that we're definitely going to dig into. Isaiah Joe is another guy. He would be another top five guy. And uh, then we'll see. We'll give you the, the other five, the number five guy here. Uh, not this show. Down the road. So Jordan Moore's strengths, you know, 6'7", with a 6'10 wingspan. He's from Louisville. He can play two or three. He's big enough with his wingspan that he can guard a four. Um quick release his length the 610 wingspan allows him to finish pretty well he can use that to his advantage using his body to separate himself from the defender um some things that are concerns for me with jordan wara his defense his footwork is not good he gets off balance on closeouts i watched plenty of film of him like guys just blowing past him he's closing out They'll hit him with a little bit of a pump fake, and he's just all out of sorts. So he's got to work on that. That's something that can be coached. That's something that he can learn and grow out of. That's a a big thing that he needs to work on. Uh, his ball handling's not that good. He's, I would say, average ball handler, but his dribble's high. He doesn't change. You know, a lot of times you'll see guys, they'll change the elevation of their dribble to try and mix up the defender. Jordan seems to always dribble the ball pretty high, and he gets stripped quite a bit because of that. As he moves up into the NBA, he moves up to the next level, he's going to have to improve that because guys are bigger, stronger, faster, quicker hands, and if he keeps that ball up, boom, it's getting taken away from him, you know, one right after another in the NBA. So he's got to work on that. When he is driving, he does have a problem with tunnel vision, that seems to be a reoccurring thing. You know, we talked about uh, Cassius Stanley was a guy that I'm really high on, and, and he has that issue. That's something, you know, tunnel vision comes from bad habits a lot of time. You know, you you play on a team where you're the guy. You know, the, these guys that are, are playing at these big schools, that they're the best player on their team in high school, so they didn't have to look for anybody else because they're – just a bigger, stronger athlete than the guys are going up against. And they would just go to the bucket and do their thing. As they move up to the next level, they're going to have to learn how to overcome that or they're going to get into trouble. They won't stay in the league very long. Um, he was a a top offensive option for Louisville, so his shot selection was not that great. But 
again, that's something he's he's probably not going to be for Memphis. Obviously, he would not be a top. You know, he's not going to be a top offensive option, and so his shot selection is going to get better. There are there are times when you get concerned with that, and times when you don't. It is a weakness. It is something that he needs to work on, but it's not something that I'm super concerned about just because. Uh, you know, Elijah Hughes, we talked about his shot selection and it was because he was the number one guy in Syracuse. So he had to force some of those shots. War is not going to be in that position. Hughes is not going to be in that position in the NBA. So we should see some improvement whenever it comes to that. Sam, did you have any more stats or anything with him that really stick out that you want to cover? Let me see. Uh, no, really, that was like his best year that he had with them. Nineteen twenty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His his numbers look really really good there. So yeah, there's not. So he started off, and, and I'm, I hope I'm not confusing him with somebody else. Sam, you you've got the numbers there. I do. If, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't play that much in his freshman year at Louisville. He he played, but he only he played twenty eight games, but he only averaged. 12 minutes. Yeah. And so, he didn't start anything. So, yeah. So yeah, he, yeah, he didn't right. play his first year. So he has improved. Oh, yes. Each year at Louisville. And that's a that's a good thing. That's something that you want to see improvement. So maybe some of these things that you're seeing, some of the holes in his game can be improved, can be fixed whenever he gets around better coaches and stuff like that. There, There's – when you're picking in the second round, and I feel like I'm being a dead horse. I know I've said this before. But when you're picking in the second round, you're looking for talent that you can mold. You know, you're going to have, there's going to be guys there. There's going to be valuable guys there. You're looking for guys that are teachable, coachable, that can learn that you've seen improvement over the course of their career in college or if it's overseas or wherever it's at. And that's something he has improved. Same, he was how many, 28 games and 12 minutes a game in his freshman yes, year? right at it. And then this the, year the, he played 33, how many games? He played in 31, he started 30, and he, 33 minutes. That's so, a, and his, huge, sec, his second year, that, yes. It, well, I mean, you can look at the difference here between his second, his second year. Went from playing 28 games to 34, started 29, played 32 minutes, and averaged 17 points. And seven point seven rebounds, and the next year he averaged seven or seven seven point six the year before, seven point seven this past year. So I mean, it's when you play the man, he's going to get stuff. Yeah, he's going to produce for sure. Yes. All right, next guy we're moving on to Desmond Bain. He is a six foot six wing from TCU. I've been given wingspan. I'm going to give you his wingspan, and this is a rare. You don't see this often that somebody's wingspan is less than their height. Yeah. And Desmond Bain is one of those guys. He has short arms, so he's six foot six, but he's only got a six foot four inch wingspan. He's so, tiny. <laughs> he got the T Rex arms. Yeah, it's he not looks quite like a that t- bad. You but, should see his jump shot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Oh, you guys a, can't see what I just did. I just T Rexed it. It's yeah, crazy. It's a like a catapult style yeah. <laughs> jump shot. All right, Sam, what does Desmond's stats look like? Desmond's stats, let's see. Let's just do this last Yeah, because this last year, 2019-20, played 32, started 32, played 36 minutes of those two, shot 45% from the field, 44% from the three-point line, 78% – well, we're going around 79 oh, – yeah, 79% from the free throw line, 
uh, 6.3 rebounds, 3.9 assists, 1.5 in steals, 0.5 in blocks, and 16.6 in points. So that's uh, pretty good. Looking pretty solid. That's, he, uh, that's good. He can shoot the ball pretty well. Over his career, he averaged 43% from three on four, point, four attempts a game. Last year in 1920, he actually shot more than that. What was his three-point percentage in 1920? I know he took six a game, and what he shoots? It was 44%. Four, 44 yeah. on six attempts a game. Yeah. So that, that's, that's really, really, really good. He can shoot the ball. Again, just said it with Jordan Warrior. You need a guy that can shoot the ball. In his in his senior year, with like standing catch and shoot spot ups as a senior, he was forty four percent from three. I was able to find that in an article. Like I said, some of these stats are easy to come across, and some of them are a huge pain in the butt. I do a lot of digging, can't always find it, but I did find that because. I really, really think that a catch-and-shoot guy is like you're going to have to have a guy that can catch and shoot the ball. Quick release, get rid of it. The catapult thing with him probably feels natural. I don't know if they'll tweak that. I don't know if they'll mess with it. It doesn't look slow in any of the videos. You know, he kind of – so catapult, he kind of – you know, he brings the ball up and he kind of goes back beside his head with it a little bit and then comes through. So it it looks – it's not your typical just straight up with it and and release. That sounds like Carlos Boozer almost. Man, it's not really. It's not like Boozer's. No. It, it it goes back a little bit like Boozer's, but it, it's you know you would like typically you would like the ball not to go that far yeah. back. And he you know he's coming back and then then coming forward. Nate you know, Robinson's was similar to that too. It was. Yeah, and he, you know, he never changed it yeah. throughout his career. So it can be effective. That's something that you, you watch. You know, Lonzo Ball had a funny wind-up, and he's worked <laughs> on that. And it's not nearly as awkward as Lonzo's shot. Like Omar it's not even it, It's not anywhere <laughs> like that. But, you know, that's something I wonder if the NBA coaches are going to look at that and say, okay, we need to work on that because we need you to get the ball out quicker. We'll see with that. So he can shoot. Uh, he is very versatile on defense, despite his short wingspan at six foot four. He can guard two threes, fours, and he's quick enough that he can keep up with a one. Really, really fast guys. He's gonna have trouble guarding, but he can hold his own. Uh, he's got a very high IQ out of everybody that I've covered so far for the podcast. He's been the best passer, and that's in a landslide. And there's some people that think that he may be one of the best passers in the class. And there's one guy that said he's, he is the best passer in the class. I don't know if I would go that far, but he is definitely above average. You know, great vision. Very good in the pick and roll. He reads it really good. And, you know, he coming at the he, – he played two and three in college, and he averaged almost four assists a game. So that that's something – you know, a secondary playmaker. What do you need in Memphis? What is it? They need a 15-point-per-game wing that can create his own shot and be a secondary playmaker. Hello, Desmond Bain. With the 40th so, pick. In the <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he, he is he's really good. He has range like Wara. He can shoot the ball from deep. There's You know, I, I think that that's just a given thing now that, you know, Steph Curry changed the game and the fact that people are just pulling up. You know, you come across half court, boom, pulling up, ripping it. And you're seeing that more and more. Guys are catching the ball deep, 
and just letting it fly. You're giving him the space. It's a comfortable shot for him, and he he knocked down plenty. Um, one thing that a couple things that he needs to work on. The length is something that's going to be maybe an issue, but there's nothing he can do about that. You can't put your arms in a stretcher and make them longer. <laughs> like it just is what it is. There, that that's kind of a, a downfall, but nothing he can do about that. He needs to uh, needs to work on his ball handling. He's average dribbler, ball handler. Just needs to tighten that up a little bit. There there were a few times like in the videos that I was watching where he was getting you know getting picked seem with ease but you know i think that's something you know you just put the time in that get that's getting better he's not going to be a primary ball handler could be a secondary i think that he right now he's probably good enough to be the secondary ball handler and not have that many issues with it but that's just something i'd like to see him work on um his length comes into play with him finishing because of the length finishing in traffic becomes an issue for him he done okay. He he was he was fine in college. I think that uh, like his finishing at the rim was somewhere around fifty three percent, I believe. Um, so he wasn't awful, but that length again something that you can't fix is is going to be kind of a downfall for him. That's going to be a a weakness. And there's obviously ways. You know, there's been plenty of guys. Isaiah Thomas uh, was not the biggest guy. He could finish. You know. Um, Allen Iverson could finish. You know, th- there's plenty of guys that were not real long that could finish and uh, and be just fine. So uh, we'll move on from him. One more time, Desmond Bain. He is six six wing from TCU. A lot of good stuff from him. Um, I like his game. I just he's just not a top five guy for me for the Grizzlies right now. Even though he has a lot of the stuff that the Grizzlies are looking for, I like the upside from Stanley, Hughes, and Wara more than I do uh, Bain. So last and definitely not least, uh, this guy. I'll be honest with you, I do not think this kid is going to drop to the Grizzlies at forty. I just don't. Uh. Let me get hit. Leandro Bal Balmero is his name. He's six foot eight, wing slash guard from Argentina. I I think because of his size and his ball handling abilities, I don't see him dropping to forty. If he's there at forty, man, I don't know. I like I'd say jump all over it because of his age. He's nineteen right now. He's gonna be right at 20 by the time the draft comes around. But young kid, uh, Sam, go ahead. What, did you find any stats found, on I him? I found some stats. It's not from the Barcelona because he switched between their, like, reserve team, their B team and stuff. So this is when he was with the Spanish third division. That was their B team, I guess. Uh, with playing with – yeah, this is Barcelona's reserve B team. He averaged 14.9 points, 2.7 rebounds, 3.6 assists, and 1.8 steals in 26 minutes per game and nine games played for the Spanish third division. He's a playmaker, man. His ability to get to the rim, his size, 6'8". I wasn't able to find a wingspan on him. I I, I saw a wingspan, but I saw three different numbers. I'm not going to give you a wingspan because I don't really know for sure what it is. 
Um, do you have it, Sam? I what? don't, but this this right here says on August the 13th in 2020, Balmero signed a contract extension with Barcelona through 2023. He's still he's declared for it, the draft. Okay, all right. So they He's just on cracks what he is. He's I'll be honest with you. I don't know like the logistics how that goes down, but I know that he is Still, he's still in the draft. Like he's still declared for the draft. He's still on the big boards. He can still be drafted, even though he signed a contract extension. I don't know if his team has to buy it out. Not sure how that mm. works. To be honest with you, I don't know. Um, this kid, like I said, young kid. He's nineteen right now, so you got room for him to grow. But great playmaker. His ability to get to the rim opens up the floor for his teammates. He's got good vision. He can read the pick and roll very good. Above average passer. His ball handling is really, really good. I saw quite a few plays where he just crossed dudes up, made them look silly getting to the rim. Um, his defense is pretty good. He's got great instincts. His his issue on defense, he needs a he needs to bulk up. He needs to get bigger and stronger. He's a nineteen year old kid. He's gonna get bigger and stronger. And as he gets bigger and stronger, he's gonna be able to finish better. Um, he's got a decent mid range game. But shooting is also a weakness for him because he he didn't he only shot on uh, across his career right now with the teams that he's played with he's only shooting twenty eight percent from three, which is awful. But can that improve? I think it can. You know, in the NBA, what's his role going to be? Is he going to be the primary playmaker? Is he going to be a secondary playmaker? You know, you're a professional. You work on your shot. It gets better. I think that that's something that can get better. Um, the one thing, another weakness that I saw with him, uh, he tries to get flashy, and there's nothing wrong with flashy, but sometimes the flashy leads to turnovers, whether it be, you know, he makes a pass, his teammates weren't ready for it, or he tries to be flashy and the defender was ready for it and just took it away from him, whatever the case may be. Flashy's okay sometimes, but you know other times just basic fundamentals gets gets the job done. Um, you know, you like flashy, you love the highlight reel stuff, but you also don't want to see the turnovers that come along with it. Uh, I think some of that is just age. You know, some of the videos, the stuff where I saw him playing out of control and and maybe trying to be too flashy is when he was playing with the nineteen U team at the uh, FIBA cup. So all the stuff that I saw, all the videos I saw with him in Barcelona playing with that team, he wasn't playing out of control like that. And so maybe in a different setting that improves for him. But I, I think because of his age and his skill set, I think that he goes earlier than 40. I don't know if he's on the table when it gets to the Grizzlies, but I'm perfectly fine with him taking this kid at 40. If he's there, just because of the age, the age fits the the window that we're looking for. My concern is his shooting. Is he going to – his success in the NBA is going to depend on whether he develops the range. I, I don't know that the rest of his game is strong enough to carry him like Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons doesn't have range, but Ben Simmons is – an elite ball handler, elite finisher at the rim. 
great length. Yeah, you know, Ben big. Ben Simmons does other things that are great that allows him not to have that range. Giannis doesn't have range. Again, he's trash anyway. Wh- whatever, get out of here. He ain't MVP. <laughs> he lost to the Miami Heat. Get out of here. Not I just, really, I think that you know, for him. I don't think that he and and all he's nineteen, so maybe that stuff improves. But I didn't see anything in the video that was on Ben Simmons level to where okay, I'm comfortable this kid's gonna do well in the NBA if he doesn't develop a jump shot. His mid range game is good. He can shoot a, a fifteen to twenty foot jump shot. I saw plenty of video of that. And he, he can knock those down with ease. Just can't really stretch it. He will shoot it from three, and he will be streaky. He's just not consistent, so he's got to work on that. So I, well, he's got to shoot better than Ben Simmons. What he's only made what two? Oh yeah, I, I mean you know he twenty eight percent is not good from three. He he shot more than Ben Simmons from deep. He's just not consistent. Mm-hmm. Some of it may be mechanics. I, I think any of it can be coached. There, there's nothing that you see with this kid where it's like oh, that's just outrageous you know we, we can't we can't have that there's none of that yeah. with him so you know we'll see we'll wrap it up that's all we got we, we gave you three today we're going to come back uh next week and bring you three more i know isaiah joe is going to be one of those guys we'll let you know the other two whenever we come back i've got nothing else for you tonight enjoy the nba playoffs if they have all been good games the toronto and boston game last night was trash Great to watch. <laughs> I loved watching it. Kyle Lowry is a machine. Yes. That's all we got for you guys. You can find the show at Hootball Grizz. I'm at DWill2111. Sam is. It is Sammy B1118. That's a capital S, lowercase A, M M Y, capital B, 1118. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This has been a hoop ball presentation.